Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Mapping the College Audition, a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting profession. I am still your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA. That's Musical Theater College Auditions. And today we have got a really fun and professionally focused show lined up for you. Jordan Parenti of Stewart Talent Agency, which is a really excellent agency that I think is both aspirational, but still not unachievable for students right out of school. Um, so it's the kind of a place that really a, a lot of very successful actors end up staying their entire careers, which is why I was so excited to have Jordan on the pod today. Um, I did think Jordan was absolutely wonderful, except for the one thing that he couldn't help, which is that he turned out to be so much younger than me. Um, I kind of assumed we were basically the same age, like I was talking like our generation, except uh, we were doing the math after the show and he told me, hey, I heard great things about MTCA when I was auditioning for schools. And I was like, that is a cold splash of water in my aging face. Um, but really, I think it was a great and very informative conversation. Uh, we got into his path to becoming an agent and talked about how that works. I asked him like 15 different ways about how to get an agent for all of our, our students at different places in their paths. Um, and he gives some really great advice for prospective actors uh, in their relationship with agents. Uh, not a lot of housekeeping to do with MTCA at this time of the year. Uh, our seniors are really all gearing up for their prime audition season uh, and Unified's coming up. Um, our juniors are jumping in in earnest and really beginning their processes. They're planning out their years with stuff like our junior weekend coming in March and our summer master classes um, in early August. But you're going to hear plenty more about those in future episodes for sure. Um, as far as me personally... We had a really lovely new year um, and most recently have been felled by our first bite of the triple-demic. Um, that's not the triple in diseases, um, but it's the first time all three of us have actually been sick at the same time, um, which I'm learning is a very specific parenting milestone. All of us were felled by a really nasty stomach bug. Um, and that was tough. There's some dark moments there, um, but we've lived to tell. And I have lost quite literally nine pounds um, from this stomach bug and we're all the better for it. Uh, speaking of parenting, let's jump into this episode with Jordan Parenti. Well, we are so excited to be joined by Jordan Parenti. Uh, Jordan has a BFA in music theater from Webster University, which we'll talk about, um, and is a theatrical agent at Stuart Talent, where they represent some MTCA friends of the pod, Ashley Reyes, who's a, an MTCA alum, and Erica Henningsen, who was uh, on the, the pod, as well as MTCA coach Joe Tapper is in your, your stables, and I'm sure more if we really dug. Yeah, we could find many, I'm sure. But Jordan, welcome on the pod. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. We are so excited to have you. The people have been clamoring for this episode. They're excited. We've talked to a manager. We've talked to a casting director. And now the pinnacle of it all, we're going to talk to an agent. Um, we're going to get into a lot of like ask the agent kind of questions on the, the second half of the, the show. I do want to hear a little bit about your own background. Um, and so I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everybody. When you were 16 or 17 and you started looking at colleges, maybe you started earlier, what were you looking for then? Did, did you already know, hey, I might think about something beyond the music theater world in terms of agents? Or were you a music theater performer focused? Or what was your sort of what you looking for in a college? So I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri and had kind of the luxury. We have the Muni there and they have the pretty prestigious Muni Kid and Muni Teen programs, which I was very fortunate enough to be a part of for... Uh, Oh gosh, since I think I was 13 through, I got my equity card at the Muni. So mm -hmm. I graduated college and it came full circle. Um, once I got the bug, I actually grew up playing sports and baseball was my passion. And um, I, 
I remember I was a, I went to a um, summer camp and the woman that was running it became my teacher in middle school eventually. And it was just for theater. And my parents thought, Hey, why don't you try something else like in the arts? And hmm. I, I caught the bug. Like I, I did not stop doing it from that day. So um, musical theater became my passion. I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. There's nothing else I want to do. And I, then, of course, knew I wanted to apply uh, to a BFA program or, you know, get a pursue a degree in musical theater. Um, in doing so, again, with the Muni, I was able to see every summer all of these kids in school come perform there and do all the shows. So I had my eyes set on a few schools that kids would come through there and whatnot. But once I really got down to the nitty gritty, what I was looking for when I was applying was I knew I wanted a conservatory. I was pretty sure I wanted mm-hmm. something that would be all day, every day. Um, and then as much, I also singing was kind of a passion. So I also did a lot of work with opera theater of St. Louis uh, trained classically. So by the time I was applying, I knew I wanted to focus on acting while still doing musical theater. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I was really looking for, I remember was, a senior showcase and making sure that whatever program I went to, I think that became like the most important thing in my eye at the time was making sure there was a senior showcase Mm -hmm. and that I would get to be in that showcase come my senior year and get to meet agents like yourself. Yeah. All of that and get to get to, and I wanted it to be in New York so we could, you know, perform in New York. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that was a question I would ask when I was, doing my auditions for the colleges that was a really uh kind of crucial question for me i don't want to guess your age but literally in our last episode i did a takeaway of like i think it was our generation your generation i don't want to guess exactly that was so often insisting on asking about showcases is one of the reasons colleges have so many at kept adding and adding showcases i think because they would notice that was so important to students coming in and so they yeah it's like i mean it's you know it's your kind of intro into the world and into the industry and you work so hard for four years mm-hmm. to really, really build something. And it's, it's what really throws you into the world. Um, I'm going to put a footnote yeah. into baseball because if we have time to talk about it, I want to, I was also a baseball player growing up really in that baseball in high school, but we'll see if we have time to get there. All right. Uh, in, in Webster, was that, in, was that before Lara Teeter or around when Lara was joining? That w- I forget how many, years Lara was there before I joined but he was still rather new he had been there several years but um he was one of the reasons I chose Webster honestly and he's still my mentor today I (laughs) was lucky enough to uh I had my cousin's wedding in October in St. Louis and I filled a trip with getting coffee with him and I had a client right out of school. She uh booked the Hadestown tours Eurydice and so I (laughs) got to see her in St. Louis right it was like a a, kind of a full circle moment of like, oh my gosh, where look where I'm at now yeah, at the surprising the circle, Fox and yeah. yeah, all of that. But Lara, Lara was there, and um, I I still learn a lot from him every time we chat. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about your college experience. So you know, uh, just kind of how did you go in and how did you come out? So if you came in, you had done opera, you knew what you wanted, um, you'd done a lot of musical theater. How did you come out the four years later? And did you feel like you got that prep to hit the ground running the way you were looking for? I absolutely did. I got. I got so much out of my training at Webster, um, so like too much to even be able to identify. But I think to kind of like condense it all, I came out a different person. You know, I, I really, they strip you down of your habits and then build you back up in every way, whether that's, you know, we were in our conservatory classes were in the afternoon and we had our acting classes, we had our movement, we had voice and speech you know, um, of course, all the musical theater classes and dance and everything. And all of that just, you know, it it all relates to each other. And all of our professors would talk and we'd have master classes and show all those, you know, what we were working on in those classes. I think I really just came out being able to be more vulnerable, Mm -hmm. which is, allowed me to access all kinds of different um, characters and roles. You know, I was able to do so much more than when I went in and it's like you build up your toolbox and Mm -hmm. then 
once you have that toolbox full and you learn all the tricks and everything, you have to just trust it and then do the work. It's like you trust that you have everything and you jump in and do the work. So that's what I was really able to do by the end of my time at Webster. And then talk to me about that journey now. So from from MT, you know, acting training to becoming an agent, was that something that was always there for you? When did that bug bite you? And then and then I guess what was that journey of, you know, letting go of one dream to chase another? And we talk about yeah. that on the pod of like changing your choice of what that is to go. I'm going to take this diff- different path. How how did that happen for you? It's it's quite bizarre. So part of my dream, you know, pursuing musical theater, I was like, oh, I want to move to New York and I want to be on Broadway. And that was like, what? that's what I wanted. My senior year, I kind of touched on it. I uh, I booked a show at the Muni in the adult ensemble and was able to get my equity card. And I kind of, I had this feeling my senior year when we were doing our showcase that I I helped my classmates organize it. I, I don't want to say I took charge, but I was really passionate about making sure we had a solid showcase. And mm-hmm. more importantly, that we had people there that were working in the industry and who's not coming that we can get there and all of that. So that was, that was important to me, not only me, but my class as well. And I just had this weird feeling. I was like, maybe there's something on the business side that I want to do eventually. Um, I didn't know if it was producing. I kind of thought casting would be mm-hmm, fun. Mm-hmm. Didn't know, you know, a ton about all of those things. But something, when I got my equity card at the Muni, that was like a full circle moment for me because I was like, oh, this is what I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. And I I did it. And so then I moved to New York and, you know, it was slow. I, auditioning was hard. I, you know, with a survival job, I was, I worked at a restaurant and bartended mm-hmm. and, I'm not going to lie. I fell into the trap that comes with working at a restaurant or bar. Mm -hmm. You work late hours and it's really hard to get up and audition. And not for those EPAs, not those 6 a.m. EPAs. That's not going to happen. And it it was, it became unmanageable. So Mm -hmm. I worked at this restaurant for like a year and a half and I did a few small things theater wise in between. Um, And then I was like, you know what? I I need a change. I don't want to work at a restaurant for my Mm -hmm. whole life and I need to explore some of these other things I haven't. So I was hoping to apply uh, for a casting internship. And I think I might've applied for a few, but I was like, how am I going to do an internship and make Mm -hmm. money? And I remember seeing a post on Playbill for Stuart Talent (laughs) and they were honestly the only ones that were paying any sort of stipend at the time. So I said, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to give this a go. And I was lucky enough to get an interview. And I, I really think I hit it off with um, Don was in there. He's who's the owner of the company and mm-hmm. he's an agent as well. And uh, we hit it off. And so I accepted the internship and I, my mind was just blown at how nice he was because I think agents have, and a lot of people in this industry have, a, a reputation of being the like Estelle on friends or, yeah. you know, just nasty screaming, all of these things. Don was the complete opposite. And that is what I've always seen in this company is mm-hmm. like clients come first and you don't have to be nasty to do business. Like there are other ways everyone's, you know, in this together. So our old office was an open office. And so I really kind of learned the ropes by just listening to phone conversations Mm -hmm. and how people spoke. And I had a good understanding because I know the lingo of the industry and projects. And I was up to date on, you know, what was airing on TV at the time and uh, Broadway shows and seeing Broadway shows. And I was familiar with the client roster. So that's kind of how I learned how to do it. Mm -hmm. I always say you can't go to school to become an agent or a casting director. Like everyone has a similar background most of the time in being an actor or performer or something like that. And it it just led me here. And then I've been very fortunate to keep growing in the company since that day. And quickly the company is still growing, which is amazing. Um, Our LA office opened when I was assisting Don still, and I kind of got to help him Mm -hmm. get some of those, you know, things up and running. And I, I, I've, I've learned so much and 
it's led me to become a full-fledged talent agent. Well, and you've anticipated exactly my next question, which is, you know, most of this we're going to talk about um, from the actor's perspective. But for those of our, our students, you know, we have many people who go to school for acting and then maybe do want to take that other path of like, I guess, in your experience, are most of your um, agent colleagues coming from BFAs or, or what are the other paths to somehow become agents too? Or, you know, I guess, how does one become an agent other than the path that you took? Right. It's... Uh, everyone's journey is different. I will say that. And I think that's, what's kind of cool. So I know some folks have degrees in arts administration mm -hmm. and, um, some, uh, my coworker has a film degree and then she also like got her educational theater degree that led her to become an agent. And so mm -hmm. I think the way you get into it is the internships. That's what it's all about. It's internships or getting in the mail room at some of these agencies that you, again, you kind of learn the ropes and then you get thrown into it and you just either get it or you don't, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so that's pretty much the way to do it. And I think, you know, if that is something that interests you, I would encourage you to do it as young as possible, uh -huh. you know, get in. Well, you can still do, do the internship and, and for the stipend. Do the intern, yeah. right, exactly, exactly. And, yeah. and before you really need to start building a career off of it. And so doing that and, and also like, doing a couple different internships uh -huh. to get a flavor of everything. That's, I do, you know, it would be nice to know, have worked with a producer, like intern for a producer or something, uh -huh. um, just to understand all of the sides a little bit more. Totally. And I just, I think it is so important because so many of our parents will often be like, oh, I see the stats of people who, you know, actors and working and, and quote unquote successful actors. Does that mean my student with a BFA won't be successful? And I think they're often discounting the like all the other amazing things that people do end up doing with an MT degree or an acting degree where they are agents and casting directors. And we don't always count that in the percentages of, of exactly. people who do well. I mean, I, it, it, I'm still like, oh my gosh, I have a BFA in musical theater and I'm like doing my dream job that honestly was the last job on earth I totally. thought I'd ever want to do, you know? And there's not a better path necessarily than that to where you're, it's not like you could have gone to agent school. You couldn't have gotten a no. BFA and being an agent or whatever. That's just like, it's not no. a degree. Right. And it's like, I understand my clients and the actors that I work with and I know what it takes. And I have, you know, the empathy when things go, when things are hard and, you know, you're really going through it. But at the same time, the the best part of my job is getting to make the calls and celebrate the mm -hmm. successes with them as well. Like mm -hmm. that's, it's the best feeling. Um, well, can we maybe just take a, a little step back and define what exactly an agent does? Because uh, this was a, I asked Jeff Soffer, who's a wonderful manager we had on the pod. We love Jeff. And to kind of define a manager. And he gave us like a parable of an answer. But I, hopefully the agent's role is a little bit more definable maybe than a manager. Yeah, I think I can do some bullet points. Obviously, we have a roster of clients that we meet and want to make sure we connect with and understand and understand their career and grow and be together for a very long time is the goal. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's kind of paperwork. It starts with uh, projects that are released on Breakdown Express. That's a platform we use. And all of our clients have their materials up there, headshots, resumes, uh, video footage, like that's very important when it comes to how casting directors kind of, uh, there are different tiers. That's a whole other story. Um, so that's one, one of our starting points is like, we'll see a project is announced or something. And we, we read the trades and like, see what's coming out and we do digging, but then that's like kind of step one of submitting our clients for these projects. Mm -hmm. But again, it's, it's paperwork. It's the very, very surface level of what we do. Um, from there, we have the conversations with casting directors via email, via telephone. You know, what are you looking for specifically? Have the specs change? Is there anything we don't know about that might not be on the breakdown? And then we have conversations with them about our clients and why but we think they're right for the role. Hopefully the client will go on to book the role or get a call back and those conversations keep happening. And then once they get an offer, we negotiate their deal. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's everything from the salary to transportation to if they have to travel so many things. And then, like I said, we kind of get to celebrate then whether it's opening night at, at a Broadway show or a premiere in LA for a cool new TV series. It, that's kind of the whole process. 
what a job it is. Bullet points. And and in terms of like positives and negatives of your own path, what do you feel like as an actor, you know, that you bring with your MT training that can you know, positively impacts your 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 um, current job? And is there anything that you feel like? skill set wise that you go, I had to learn this on the job, Boy, I, like negotiating contracts. I think that's some, some stuff where I think as an actor, I might be like, uh, how do you do that? I don't like, I don't know that uh, instinctually. Right, right. One of the things that has been interesting during, I mean, I guess we're still kind of in the pandemic, whatever. You it's still post-pandemic world. We're in a post-pandemic world still now. It exists. That's what I need to like engrave in my mind. <laughs> uh, in this post-pandemic world, as I'm sure everyone knows, most auditions are self-tapes now. Mm-hmm. Since everything has turned that way for the most part, a lot of our job has turned into watching the client's auditions that mm-hmm. come in. And we do pride ourselves on having the time to watch every audition that comes in because it's. I'm not a casting director. It's not like I'm not making any decisions, but I, all, I know I'm familiar enough and have learned from being an actor and going through training and then also just from what I do now, did they hit, did they miss the mark on something? Mm-hmm. Or is there something that maybe they didn't know that I can tell them about the, the character, the role, the tone of the show is a really important thing. That's kind of the main thing. So it's not like I'm giving any redirection, but sometimes if I feel like this person is so right for this, but they missed the mark, then I'm going to have them retape. Uh-huh. So that's a skill set from school that I think I've carried with me. And especially with musical theater, I mean, that's my baby. Like I work on film, TV and theater, but musical theater is Mm -hmm. my baby. It always will be. So singing, you know, missing a note or just all of those things come into play with auditions and conversations. And then I think you kind of said it, the contract thing was like terrifying to me Uh when I started having to learn. And I, I always asked, Hey, you know, to the agents I would be working under, can I, can you teach me about this or talk to me about this? And they, you know, the answer is always kind of, you just kind of got to do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, let me know what questions you have. And you ask those questions and then you just understand it and it becomes second nature. And it's like, it's easy for me to go through a contract now and, you know, oh, this is missing or this language is wrong, all of those things. But also, you know, you learn how to negotiate too. Mm -hmm. And there, there is an art behind that for all of us. I love it. I mean, there's what a great sort of lesson for life in general of like just trusting yourself skill set wise to go, I, I can do it. If I try, if I jump in, you know, especially when you're young, I feel like it's easy to be like, I can, I'll just, I'll Google it and I'll figure it out. I'll figure out how yeah. to, to do this. It's, it's weird because it did terrify me at first. There were a few things that really, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to do this? And then I think back on it and I was like, wait, how long have I been doing this now? And it just, mm-hmm. it, again, you you just do it. You just do it. Um, I love it. And we have many more questions about self-tapes coming up in our, our second half. So I'm going to cue us to a short break where we'll run some ads. And on the back end, we're going to talk about our ask an agent section. Lots of specific agent actor questions coming up. Okay, we are back with Jordan Parenti, and the time to ask an agent has appeared. I I'm, was rushing through the first section because I have about 150 questions to ask <laughs> you, most of which are 15 different ways of asking, how do I get an agent? So I'm going to ask you this, especially from different perspectives. You know, so many of our students, if they're still in school, if they haven't uh, gotten to school yet, they're right out of school, that is what they're thinking about. Of course, many of our students farther along have agents, and we'll do some of that. But um, I'd love to, from the, the younger perspective, just think about like, when you are meeting a young actor, let's say they're still in school, maybe you've come to do a class at a college, or if you're watching a showcase, maybe they're right out of school, what are you looking for and what you're viewing them? What is something that makes you go, oh, I want to bring that person in for a meeting? I think someone that that really pops and really you can kind of just see is being their, their selves. You know, it's it, they're not too eager. They're mm-hmm. um, obviously in love with what they're doing. But I think someone that really... I mean, it, it does kind of go, it doesn't really matter your age, but someone that you can have a conversation with and get to know, and it doesn't always have to be about business. I, I'm really interested in folks that have other hobbies in mm-hmm. addition to uh, performing because it's a lot, you know, when you put your your heart and soul into this, I feel like you have to have other things to keep you sane. That's always intriguing to me. So, you know, whether I play sports as well, like this is my passion, but I play sports mm-hmm. or um 
I, I, I write all of all of those things tend to inspire me when what about that totally makes sense and i do have more questions about the like interview phase which is its own unique thing um i know but the like in the showcase maybe if we zero it in on that like you know you're watching four minutes of material from someone and maybe deciding but now it's maybe a digital showcase so it'll be a little different but you're deciding if i'm right. checking that box to say yes i want to bring you in to talk to you more what what are you sniffing out? What are you what are you going? This person, I mean, obviously you're looking for talent to some extent, right? But but what is the thing that that's going to make you go? When you said pop, what makes them pop for you? I think there there is just you can just tell if someone like has it, and if they're I, I'm I'm always looking. The talent's a given is the thing. So I'm I'm searching. I kind of just like view the whole thing, and someone will come out and catch my attention, and they will do a piece that maybe I wouldn't be expecting. Mm -hmm. And it, it's intriguing to me. It's like, what else can you do? Because I'm interested in folks that can do everything mm -hmm. and in every realm as well. So it's almost like someone has a little secret and it's like, I want in on what that secret is. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I find myself, especially when I'm sitting at showcases. But a lot of times it's at shows too. I go to so much theater and watch so much TV and it happens almost every time I go to, I'm like, who is this person? Mm -hmm. And I need to get to know them. Mm -hmm. I need, I have to, I either have to get to know them or sometimes it's, it's like, I have to represent them. I know I see mm -hmm. everything right now yeah, and I haven't even had a conversation with them yet. Uh -huh. I love it. Okay. So then let's talk about that next phase. So now I'm in the interview with you. You've checked off the box or whatever, and maybe we're zooming, maybe we're, we're meeting in a, uh, in person. You know, you've mentioned hobbies and other things. Is there something else that you're looking for? You know, let's say you're on the fence. You like this person, but you're not totally sure if you want to sign and work with them. What are you searching for in that meeting? You know, is it about professionalism? Or do you talk about a shared vision? Or what are you expecting them to come to the table with in that meeting that's going to go, this is a good relationship? I think it's very important that the goals align from both parties. So it's like, whatever I foresee in someone, they have to see too, because we, mm -hmm. we're on the same path. We're on the same team. We're all in it together doing the same thing. And I think that's the most important thing. It's like, you have to see eye to eye on. So it, it, it's getting to know the person. And I mean, that is a huge part of it is the relationship. Like, I'm not kidding. Can I, do I see myself getting on the phone with this, uh -huh. you know, potential client every single day? And do I want to? Uh -huh. And I, I say that to them as well. I'm like, you know, when you're making a decision, ask yourself that question, because if the answer is no, it, it's probably not the right fit. Uh -huh. So again, in these meetings, the talent's a given. I've seen the talent. So that's that's when we bring you in. But it's making sure you really connect on all of those levels. And do you like how much, you know, I think this is a, a big thing. I remember my classmates and I debating as we were sort of uh, graduating from showcase. How much do you want um the kind of business professional in those meetings? Like how much should they have a really practical sense of themselves in the industry versus a sort of, you know, unabashed thirst for their art where they're like, I'm just, I just love this musical theater and whatever. Or do you want them to be more like, hey, I kind of fit into these roles and I have this thing. Like, do you want to see more of the business person or more of the artist in those meetings? That That's the most important thing is like, not, not so businessy, but being aware of where you fit in the industry and what you want to do. And... I think it's really important. Like you should be aiming big. You shouldn't be limiting yourself to mm -hmm. saying, you know, I'm only, I'm interested in musical theater and that's it. And you know mm -hmm. what, if that is really it fine, but I think there's so many opportunities to do everything for any actor and you're going to have a baby and then you're going to need to make some TV money. I'm telling you, that's <laughs> See? what happened. You get See? the Tony nomination, but then you want that TV money. You yeah. guys know, but that it's exactly that. And, the coolest thing is that all of the genres and all of the different things, they inform one another. Mm -hmm. They lead to the next opportunity. And so, I mean, we, I wouldn't say we joke, but we talk about it's almost harder to get a Broadway show than it is to get a series these days, mm -hmm. which is really interesting to me. But that's that's our current day and age, like how it is. Mm -hmm. um, just because yeah. there's so much now filmed content, there's just so many more platforms. There's so, so much. I mean, yeah. they're everything on TV and film. It's, it's all the streaming services. They've just increased the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Totally. Okay. So then what about those recent graduates? Maybe now I'm 24, I'm 25. I've had a showcase. I've had some meetings that went okay, but maybe I didn't, I didn't latch on to someone. So maybe I've been freelancing a little bit. I don't know if you guys do uh, freelancing, but 
what 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 should I do or what what do I do if I'm in that place where I haven't had that big bite of I'm signed with Stuart, but I'm continuing my relationship with Stuart or someone like you. Do you like an invite to shows? Do you want an email update? Do you want a, a postcard, a, a, an Instagram post? What, what do you want that sort of way of going, I might keep this person in my orbit? Yeah, I love I love that. Um, you know, it, I sound old school when I say this, and I kind of stopped saying it during the pandemic when we weren't in the office. We're back a few days a week, which is amazing. Um, but we do, we have a hybrid schedule. Postcards were great. Mm-hmm. And here's why postcards with like the actor's picture on them, like to keep it. I'm touch. not even sure our listeners know. I, that certainly was popular when we graduated from school. I'm not sure our listeners even would know what a postcard is. I, I know, seriously. I, that's what I mean. I'm so old school and I wish there was another way. I'll, I'll tell you what I, I know it's the easiest thing, but I really, it drives me nuts are the, the random emails mm-hmm. when there's not an update. Right. Update and, in my life. Still doing good. 2023. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I love to go see theater. And so when I meet people and, you know, we have a conversation or might be continuing a conversation, I say, let me know when there's an update. Mm-hmm. But also in those emails, please include a picture of yourself uh-huh. in the body of the email. So I don't have to necessarily click on a link to, uh-huh. I, I mean, I'm, I'm good at remembering people I meet, but like it, it the list, you know, it, you meet people as you grow older and it, the list gets bigger, whatnot. But, um, so that's why I like postcards, but I, I don't even really get postcards anymore, if I'm being honest. But what I liked about that is that I would get them and have them here. And at the end of uh-huh. the day, I could go through and then I would remember, mm-hmm. as opposed to these emails that are coming in with the you know 500 other emails I'm getting during mm-hmm. the day. It just, it feels a little spammy yep. just when I'm in the thick of it and busy at work. That's That's why... That's my only con with emails. Yep. And what about that? Like, so in, in when you're in that relationship, you know, it's always tough for actors and I always feel bad because I'm like, it, it is the thing of like, okay, but I will email you about a show, but I need to get the agent so I can get the show or whatever, you know, so they feel that, that place. How, how, what is the best timing or what, what, when would I, let's say I'm now a couple years out. So you've seen my showcase, you did like me, but whatever we didn't uh, um, sign. When would our, how would I, you know, sort of take that relationship to the next level? How, how do you like to, when that's happened for you, how has it worked organically where you go, that kind of felt good. I was able to say, I want to move forward with this client. They seem ready for me now. It, it just, everyone's path is so different. So it might be you booking something on your own, but it's a, it's a really cool show that showcases you well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is going to help, you know, provide add something to the conversation of a pitch. Like when we're talking together, it's a talking point of like, there's something to talk about now that mm-hmm. they, they were in this exciting project with so-and-so directing or at whatever great theater, it it helps put you on the map in, in certain ways. And so that, that's the thing. It's like, it may not be right currently, but let's, let's see what happens. Let's mm-hmm. check back in in six months or in a year and see what's happening. And I, I think it, it, you know, living life changes you as well, in addition to performing. And sometimes people come into their own even more. And it's like, Oh, my gosh, like, mm-hmm. I have to work with you. Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's do it. Let's, let's go. Totally. And and for you personally, in terms of like your, your clients, do, do you like getting them most from showcase? Do you like referrals from friends from casting directors? Where do you feel like is your favorite avenue to get a new client? My, I would say my favorite avenue is go like seeing a show mm-hmm. and maybe not knowing everyone in it just mm-hmm. maybe it's a random show i go to see and then again kind of like i was talking about i see this person and it's like i can't take my eyes off of them and then you reach out to them and then you're gonna say are you yeah. represented I i'll, I'll yeah. like go uh-huh. say hi to them after the show i may not know if they even have representation and mm-hmm. i mean if they don't that's that's the best thing it's like oh my gosh let's chat and like see if we should work together. Mm -hmm. That is like the most exciting thing. Showcases are also super exciting because again, it's one of the highlights of someone's career. Really. It's like (laughs) working so hard for however many years. And then you, you graduate and it's like, let's, let's, we're starting new, but like, let's start on this journey together. So the clients I have out of showcase, it's like, I really get to know them on a really personal level. I mean, we get to know all of our clients on a personal level, but it's, it's again, being vulnerable and figuring out how to do it together. Yeah. And that's super exciting. But those are those are probably my favorite ways. I mean, there are also people in the industry that I'm like, 
I've known forever and I respect their careers and sometimes things change. And so they might be looking for an agent and it's like, when those times come, I'm, it's exciting too. And that's, that's usually based on like a manager, friend referral, or like we've talked about them and they know, like, I love them so much and I'm a huge fan. It's like, well, let's see if, you know, they're looking for new representation. Let's see if you guys want to work together. That was exactly my next question, which is just the intricacy of like switching agents. Cause it feels like switching, you know, partners, but like, I think often people do it like with a partner, you might be like, and then I took six months to myself, but often people do it where they really do have the next agent lined up. And it's like, so you're kind of flirting with one while you still haven't like, and, and I think people feel because it is personal, even though, of course, we understand everyone's a professional. And everyone, but I think people feel like, I don't want to cheat on my agent by being, if I'm being wooed by this bigger, more whatever, and, and how to do that and, and what is appropriate in terms of that kind of interaction. If you go, I did just book this pilot and I have this really boutique agents and I'm now ready for whatever the next big agent for, in my life is. Right. It's, again, everyone, everyone's different. Everyone's paths are different when we sign someone, we really are in it for the long haul. And if we don't think that there's a long-term thing here, mm-hmm. we, we're going to say, we don't think we're the right fit. And that's in both of our best interests. But, you know, I, I hope people will remember sometimes it just doesn't work. And it, it's not, it's like, we, I, I don't know my agent on any, I never talked to them. I haven't seen them. Like, I think it is really important I mean, it, it depends what you want to, but I think it's really important to have that relationship just to check in. And it's important for us to know what might be going on in your life personally, because that will change the work. But it's like, if we don't know that you have something going on that's restricting you from auditioning for a job or uh-huh. going out on a tour or doing a you know year long run on Broadway, we have to know that stuff or otherwise it's like, do you want to do this anymore? So that's why conversations are super important. And I think it's another thing I'll just say, you know, there are a lot of big agencies out there. Just remember that uh, your agents might have the same reach as those big agencies. Uh-huh. And it's what you're looking for in an agency. Do you want someone who can has the time to devote to you to really talk through whatever? You, some things are no brainers, but if there's something you're conflicted about, let's have, we have to have those bigger career conversations. And so that's something to think about too. Um when you're so, looking at someone's roster and it's so true. And it's something that I think, you know, I felt very prepared from a, um, a artistic perspective and enough of a knowledge of the industry, but like that kind of Goldilocks conversation as all the, all of us were doing this of going, what's too big and what's too small, especially early in your career. You really don't have a lot of guidance. It's hard for school to give you like, here's one answer for all of you should have a midsize agent. All of you should have, you know, it's really hard to know how you're supposed to navigate that at 22 of like, am I ready for, to be a series right. regular, am I ready? For, it's exciting. I don't want to say no, but you know, that stuff's really yeah. hard. It's and it's. I think the most important thing is: do you vibe with the per? Do you vibe with the manager you're meeting mm-hmm. with? And and especially that relationship. That's an even more personal relationship. And every manager does work differently. So you know, you you're asking questions, and they're telling you what they do and how they work, and all of those things. But it it really is the same for agents. It's it's like. Uh, back to what I said, like, do I see myself getting on the phone and wanting to get on the phone with this person every day? And sometimes it's just the chat and like catch up and um, let's grab lunch, you know, or let's go to the show together. All of those things are super important. And really hard sometimes when you're an actor right out of school to go to have the confidence to say, you seem great and I'm not sure we're vibing because you might be like, I got two total calls in for agents and maybe I do want to go to the dance, even if it's not exactly the date I wanted or whatever, you know. I know I would just incur like I know it's hard to say no and especially to something like that but if it's not the right fit mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't think you're going to be happy in a year or however long you sign the contract and that's that's not something you want to get into you should just it's hard but trust that it yeah. the right thing will come at the right moment and it it may not be right now that's so true. that's it um, what about those? So I imagine you've attended many more virtual showcases and or like digital, whatever we're going to call them, submission showcases. H- how has that changed in the past couple of years, the, the virtual of it all? It was so crazy at first because everyone was trying to figure out what to do, right? So, and, and at the beginning, no one, not everyone was in person together. So it was almost like everyone's recording on Zoom and or doing Zoom, Zoom scene work, mm-hmm. but not in the same place. It was 
it got a little bizarre. But what I like now is that some schools are filming their showcase as a whole. And it's pretty much what they're producing here in the city. Mm-hmm. And it's good quality. The sound's good. You know, the uh, quality of the camera is so good. It's like you're almost there in person. But it's like, that's what I like to see. And it's really helpful since, uh, you know, you get four minutes maybe to do your work, to go back. And if it's like, I want to show that work to someone, I'm able to do that with the virtual stuff. But that being said, there really is nothing like being in person for these things. Like it's Mm -hmm. super exciting. It just feels different. The other thing I like are some schools will do like, in addition to having the showcase live or able to view after mm-hmm. they do the showcase in person, or maybe it's even before they'll, they'll have something completely different up and uh-huh. it, it might be filming songs out in whatever town they're in. I, I mm-hmm. think that's pretty cool to see as well. Again, it, it just shows me a different side of them or something mm-hmm. that I might not know or see in the work that they're doing in four minutes in person. I, I love it. That concludes our long section on, how do I get an agent? But I do have many more questions, of course. I know that was a long one. Um, let's talk about um, when, if I have an agent. You mentioned some of these things already, but let's say I, we're, we're newly signed. We just we're in that honeymoon phase. What are the expectations from a client in terms of continuing to have a good professional relationship? Do you want that daily phone call? How often should I be emailing? Should I booking out? You know, what kind of stuff would you go? This these have been what works really well with client relationships, and here's where maybe we've gotten into some trouble. I think you have to let it happen organically. I think communication is key. It is the most important thing, especially as we're trying to figure out how we work together. And so people will ask, how do you like to communicate? And my answer is, let's just figure it out. But email is kind of the main source of communication. That's how all of our appointments go out. And then sometimes it's it's a no-brainer. It's like, yes, I'm going to you know, I, I think it's important for the client to acknowledge that they received the appointment and that they're going to pursue it and they don't have any questions. That's helpful. So we know to be expecting that. And on the flip side, if they're not feeling that appointment or there's a concern, then usually we'll hop on the phone or, uh-huh. you know, it, it is an email conversation. Or if the email goes out from like my assistant, I'll chime in on top saying, hey, let's take a closer look at this or here's some information that isn't in the initial appointment, but this is going to be helpful for you to mm-hmm. know. Um, you mentioned bookouts, like knowing that a client is going on a trip is super important. It's it, just because we need to know, oh, you're out of town and this inquiry came in for you. That information is so helpful. So mm-hmm. we're not wasting anyone's time, essentially. And you want um, that detail of like, I'm on vacation, but I've brought my ring light and I'm ready to like, you want that much detail yeah. in the book. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be in New York, but I'm still able to tape or I'm going to be out of the country with no access to uh-huh. Wi-Fi. Not you know, an email. And yeah. I'm, it's my one time of the year I got to do it, but I got to do it. It's like, mm-hmm. got it. So communication in every way is super important. And I have clients that I text with, you know, that's how they like to communicate and that's fine. But if it's business related Usually email is best. It's just our main form of communication and it's what we're checking 24 Mm seven, especially during work hours. And uh, we love to be on the phone too. I I think there's nothing (laughs) like having a conversation on the phone with people because sometimes emails can come across wrong as we all know. And uh, you just got to watch out for that as well. Um, you mentioned a little bit about um, self-tapes, and we did a nice um, self-tape kind of runner with Marsha DeBonis, but I'd love just kind of your perspective on when you're watching all those self-tapes, what are you thinking about and, and, and what are you, you know, how hands-on or hands-off do you like to be with them? And, and what advice would you have when you see this where you go, this seems like these clients are shooting themselves in the foot with whatever they're doing on the self-tape? I think a lot of times since everything is on, is really a self-tape these days, it comes down to the quality and the setup. So, and the, it, all of that. So lighting, background, sound, you know, do you have a microphone so you sound clear? Back, back in the day, a few years ago, you know, you would go into 
a casting mm-hmm. director's office and they would put you on tape. So mm-hmm. they were taking care of all of that. But again, that's on the actor now to do. And you want to really have the best quality possible and the best, you want to look your best, all of that stuff, because that's going to help make you pop mm-hmm. in these self-tape auditions uh, in addition to the work you're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And the other thing with the self-tapes, I think, hair, makeup, all of that stuff has mm-hmm. to look TV ready. And I think it's helpful back to talking about tone of the piece. There are a lot of new, I'm talking a little bit more to the TV and theater world or TV and film world. But if you don't know the tone of a piece, mm-hmm. research the producers and see what else they've worked on and watch some of that stuff. And so that you're really targeting the essence of that world. So we talk a lot about how shows on the CW, you know, most of the time you want to be glammed up. So mm-hmm. full on makeup and hair and um, nothing distracting either with what you're wearing. And and maybe it's something that is unique to the character. Like make a bold choice as well. Don't be scared to make a bold yep. choice. Uh, that's what gets you the job most of the time. It's so true. It's something that I, I really learned from Elizabeth in terms of uh, my self tapes. I looked often like me, <laughs> like I was like me looking good, whatever. And the range of makeup and wardrobe that she'll put on. I'm like, sometimes it is like, oh my God, full beat. And sometimes it's raw. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, okay, re- you really, she takes that very seriously. And I think it works yeah. really well. Um, yeah. I'm going to dare to ask about style a little more. Just if, if we talk about when you're maybe meeting with a client in life, like if they were just to come into your office, how much do you want to see a little bit of like, them on or them as themselves, you know, in an industry sense versus do you like when an actor is like raw and organic and kind of very different in in a meeting with you versus then on a self-tape or is that more jarring to you to sort of if they're introducing themselves differently if if let's say how they may work professionally would be with often with a ton of makeup and a certain look if they come in a hoodie and whatever does that feel like whoa it depends I mean it can feel like that if they come in just rather slumpy i guess that I, that's not really a word i want to use but if they come frumpy is what i'm frumpy. kind of looking frumpy. for let's just say not put together if uh-huh. they come in not put together it might be a little bit of a red flag because i'm thinking then during the meeting is this how they're going to walk into okay, if they do have an in-person uh-huh. Uh-huh. audition is this how they're going to walk in and what is that going to look like to the casting director so i i think bring your style bring your own unique thing but you know be put together and presentable and um, a little, uh, you know, it is a personal relationship, but it is a business relationship as well, all around with everything actors do with casting directors, producers, directors. And, you know, it's, it's also seeing when, when actors go to shows or go to opening nights, they run into all these people. And so you always want to look presentable Mm -hmm. and, and at your best when you can, but again, true to you, true to yourself. Totally. Um, okay, only a couple bonus questions, and then we're going to get to our game. I know you're excited to play our game. Yes. Um, <laughs> from the college perspective, you know, how do you look at degrees on resumes in terms of, do you feel like you know all the programs? Like, do you know all the letters of which ones got BFAs and BAs and BMs? And and how do you feel if you see a, a prospective client who went to a school you haven't heard of or, or that didn't go to school at all? You know, it really doesn't. I, I used to know so much about all of the programs and I, I still know all of that information, but I wouldn't say I, I look at it too hard anymore because again, the, the talent is there and it's that talent is based on whatever the past of that actor has, whether it's mm-hmm. training and it, it wasn't in a program or if it was this program or that program. But I do know most of the schools out there with these prestigious programs and what, what they what they kind of do, like what mm-hmm. their thing is and what, what the product they will bring in their students and present will be. So yeah. I'm aware of all of those things, but there's never a time where I'm like, Oh, someone didn't go to school. So uh-huh. I can't work with them or they're not ready. It's, it's not that it's about, are they ready to do this in a career? And like I was saying, the most important thing is you have to keep, keep your eye on your own page because mm-hmm. like, Everyone's paths will be different. The timing will always be different. The whole journey is going to be so different from your classmates or your best friends, your partner, your boyfriend, girlfriend, all of those Mm -hmm. people. I remember being truly shocked when people would say, oh, you're a Carnegie Mellon actor. You're going to be X. And I'll go, what? You don't, 
how do you know that about me? You can't, that's not true. But I remember being so like, how could you sum me up at my, by my school? But the industry certainly will do that. They'll say, oh, it, all it cardinal numbers are. It, it will. And it, it has changed, thankfully. I, th- I think it's slowly changing. Mm-hmm. But like, the reason I don't, I don't take those things so seriously is because I think it's a very, very boring way to work by putting mm-hmm. someone in a box. I'm I'm so interested in someone that can, I keep saying it, but someone that can do and is interested in doing everything. And it's mm-hmm. like, or at least exploring it because one opportunity leads to the next. And with that said, are, are there certain schools, and it's up to you, you don't necessarily have to name them, but are there certain schools where you'll go, hey, I really do try not to miss their showcase every year. Or, or if I do see that, it is a boost to the resume to the point where I go, oh, I, might, I might bring them in. Do you, Are there a handful or however many schools where you go, this is a real um, a leg up for me. Oh yeah, there are definitely a few that I will go to every year, and and some some years it's it's a it's a miss, it's not a hit, mm-hmm. you know, for for the school, and who knows why? It might be the the day I, you mm-hmm. never know, but um, there are definitely a handful of schools I try to attend every year, and um, it's hard though too because the showcases come in a very busy time of the year for everyone in the industry with pilot whatever pilot season is because pilot season's all the time these days. But tra- traditionally, it, it, it's a busy time of the year where the networks are releasing pilots. And so we're, mm-hmm. you know, here late and working literally 24-7 to try to secure these jobs for our clients. So seeing these shows and they only have one show this day and one show the next day, it's hard. And sometimes you have mm-hmm. to miss them. But we we try to get to as many as we can every year. I love it. Okay, we're going to jump into our game here, which I keep saying game because we try to play a unique game with each of our, our artists, but I will say this is a little bit more of a fun, rapid fire than a true okay. game. There's no right or wrong answers, as I guess I'm saying. You can't lose this game. Um, Got it. This is just agent superlatives. So I'm going to give okay. you some rapid fire questions, and to the best that you can, I want you to think of like what is the, in this case, whether it's the most or the fastest or the best, I'm going to give you them a different ones. Just like what comes to mind. Got it. Are you ready to play rapid fire? Fire agent superlatives. Let's do it. Okay. What is the quickest you can remember knowing you wanted to work with a client? Like they barely walked on stage, barely opened their mouth, and you were like, yes, they pop. I signed a I signed a client recently out of last year's showcase at one of the schools, and she walked on stage. And again, it was like the moment she walked out in they had a class presentation group number to start I could not take my eyes off of this girl and mm-hmm. then she came out and did her own thing and it happened to be a song from Hades Town and I was like she is this role we started working together and like three four months later she books the role on the national tour it was like one of those mm-hmm. moments that's mm-hmm. so rare but it's like oh my gosh I cannot believe we're here and it, it's just as exciting to me as it was to her uh, I love it. Okay, great. What is the weirdest or funniest thing somebody did in an agency meeting with you? You don't have to name the person, but let's. what's the weirdest thing you're in uh, uh, an interview and you're like, I can't believe you just did that. You just put that on the table or you just made that joke. Someone took their shoes off one time in a meeting <laughs> and thinking I wouldn't see and I did. And I just thought that was very strange. And you did not, that didn't, the person didn't book. You did not sign this person. No, we didn't no, work no. together. Okay, on the opposite side, what's the best pitch you've gotten from a prospective client? What's something that, whether it's um, within a meeting or was in a, on a website, a DM, what's something where you, they go, uh, you know, they gave you a pitch and you go, I'm intrigued, I'm going to bring this person in. Someone sent, once sent a uh, clip of them auditioning for SNL and it was like a sketch clip and I was rolling on the, I mean, it was so funny. Hmm. We all were watching it and it was just like an unsolicited email and I was like, Again, sometimes I, I don't even have time to go through these things, but I happen, this one caught my eye and I was watching the video. And again, the variety of work they brought to this this little sketch tape they put together with original characters and then, you know, um, spins on other characters. Mm-hmm. It, I was dying. It was amazing. And it was like, those are the people. It's like, they they just have it. I love it. What was the the one that got away of a client? Was there someone you met with that almost you worked together and then you go, ugh. I wish I could have worked with their career. I, I wish I could have, they had such a great, we would have vibed weather. Is there, there's one of those one that got away? There, There's one that got away for sure. That's um, a, a rather lovely Broadway, back on Broadway star, just made their Broadway debut last season. Mm-hmm. Um, big star in London. 
it, it was one of those things. Like, yeah. it, it, it was like, I was familiar with their work from overseas and they came to the States and I saw them in the show they were doing. And we had a lovely meal together and, um, they didn't decide to go with a U.S. agent, but that that's one of those that, that got away. It was just, uh, again, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's like loveliest of people and, it, you know, it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But you never know what the future might hold. Maybe Could someday be. it will. It's like we were talking about earlier. What about, is there a painful like role or opportunity that you've had a client turn down? You don't have to name the client, but is there a role or opportunity where you go, oh, I told them they should have done this coda was going to be really good. You should have taken it or whatever, yeah. where, you know, where, where they're like, I'm going to go do this other thing. And you're like, why not this thing? And it went to Broadway and was a big hit. Do you have one of those, like one that got away roles? Not really. Thankfully, I, mm, you love. know, yeah, yeah I, I, I want to knock on wood for that. Um, it's hard, especially when a new piece comes out, you read it and you see the workshops and everything, and you have to really be analytical and, and see like, Hey, this, uh, you might be doing this right now, but this may not be the thing to keep doing. I don't think it's gonna, you know, it, it might not be the right thing to do, or uh, there are so many different variables that, uh, you know, we could touch on, but yeah, there really hasn't been anything, thankfully, that was super missed or a big uh-huh. flop or anything. What about on the other side of your negotiation? What's the best negotiating tactic that you use? Like if you're struggling over contract and you just can't get a concession, what do you do? What's your go-to move? What, you know, are you hanging up the phone on them or what's your, your negotiation? No, no I'm it, nastiness is not the way to go. It's not, I get on, I get on the phone and really talk it through and have to have lengthy conversations about why this is important and why, you know, for the client, it, we talk it all out. And so I think getting on the phone is the most successful way to do that. Um, just depending on what it is. Okay. My last question, what is the role if offered to you that you would take off your agent's hat and go play on Broadway or on TV? What's the thing that would make you go, Oh, I have to stop. I know it's not my career, but I want to go back. I got to do it. It would have to involve tap dancing and it would probably be uh, Don Lockwood and singing in the rain, Mm. even though I'm Mm. not really a Don Lockwood. But, but to, if they wanted to, you would have to they, If they, if, you know, I don't know, maybe I could be if I, it, back in the day, maybe I could be, but something with tap dancing and, and on Broadway. So I would, I would have to say that that was kind of always a dream. I'd love to just give you the soapbox a little bit um, to, you're now speaking to all the artists in the world. Um, you know, is there a, is there a skill set or a mindset adjustment that you wish young actors had? If you're going to kind of give advice to maybe now to our, our younger actors who they're still in school and they're, they're not yet at that place of, of meeting agents, what's something you go, I wish you'd spend more time worrying about this and less time worrying about this. Or what's something that you, you think from the actors you're seeing, they could use a little bit more of building your skill set, honestly, and, and always, always stay in class. And when I say stay in class, that doesn't mean acting class necessarily. I think everyone should always be taking some sort of class, but like add to those skills that you can build that might be helpful moving down the line. You know, so many projects and roles require certain things. Like there's a a pilot I'm working on right now that requires fluency and American sign language. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something you've always been interested in. Pick it up and do that. Mm -hmm. Improv, I think is like a great tool for everyone. Any actor, I know it can be scary, but I I always recommend that to people writing. It's just instruments, all of those things. Mm -hmm. You're always building to improve on yourself. And I think that's the thing you can always be doing is adding to your skill sets and always staying in class and training because even people who have made it and are doing, you know, their stars on Broadway, they're still in class and they're, you have to keep fresh and up to date and up to date with where the industry is and is going. Hmm, I love it. All right. Well, we didn't have time to talk about baseball. When we bring you back on the podcast, we'll talk about the nature of art and life and sports and all those other things. Perfect. Um, <laughs> where, where would people, if they wanted to check you out or if they wanted to hear more from you or follow you, where would you want um, yeah. contact from people? Um, you can check out my IMDB pro page. Um, mm-hmm. That's always, uh, helpful i'm not huge on social media or, or i'm out there but you know I, I it's private and i keep it with my friends and whatnot i'm db pro and of course they could check out stewart's website or whatever but we yeah. and, and our websites uh 
it, it's pretty great. It has all our clients up there and their materials and everything. So you can see the, the variety of folks that we represent. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for the time today. This was such a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you so much. Play ball. That was so fun and packed of juicy info. I really enjoyed that conversation with Jordan. Um, he was just a really great person to talk to. And it was so fun to talk to someone who was in all of your shoes not so long ago, at least for our students, um, all of your shoes. Uh, this is going to be a shorter takeaway since I thought Jordan gave a lot of new and different advice to chew on already. Um, the one thing I just want to hit on and emphasize and, and blow up a little bit was just briefly, he mentioned that idea of what it is to work so hard for four years toward what you're building in the beginning of your career with with the showcase. Um, and I actually want to pull that back a little farther, especially speaking to our younger listeners, since I know many of our high school listeners and, and their parents as well are going to listen to these artist episodes too. Just to look ahead from that 16, 17-year-old perch, to look ahead at the many peaks of your professional life. Um, people often describe this life and especially this career as like a roller coaster. And I think that's an apt analogy that I'm going to kind of tease and uh, make a stretch to its farthest conclusion. Um, maybe in this case, it's more of like a, a Flintstone style roller coaster where you're actively grinding up the rails yourself before you get to enjoy any of the any of the coasting. Um, but just for some of those who, who are looking mostly at getting into college as the end goal, I want to just invite you to think about that that is just the end of the first big rise in the roller coaster, and we don't know exactly how long the ride is going to be. Um, I'm going to simultaneously quote the Roman philosopher Seneca and the great 90s band Semisonic when I say, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. But it is so true. As you make that big decision to put down a deposit on May 1st, you're putting an end to what has been like the biggest thing in your professional career so far, right? In that your college audition journey, which has been this huge thing. But really, that's just marking the beginning of your college career as those previous years and months fall away. Similarly, as you begin the climb of those four years of college, they are now the most important years of your artistic life up to that point, dwarfing the craziness of the college audition process significantly as you continue to grow and expand as an artist only to culminate in your launch into the business and graduation and possibly a showcase, yes, as we're talking about. And then that really marks the beginning of your professional career as it ends your collegiate career, where these next few years will dwarf your college years in importance and on and on in your career, right? Those cycles won't necessarily be predetermined in length. Like You can't say it's going to be every four years or every 10 years, but they're often marked by like new career accomplishments. You know, maybe it's your first pilot season as an actor, where you've been finally seen for leading roles. That is both the culmination of an incredible amount of hard work to get into those rooms and truly a new beginning as you begin to meet new industry people who look at you as if you're brand new and you're seen in a totally different way. Um, or I saw this in a little bit of a different way with Elizabeth's first Tony nomination after almost 20 years of incredible hard work and success. I mean, true success in this business. That is both a culmination of all that work and really a beginning as you hear statements like, hey, this is her first Tony nomination or sentiments like, oh, you'll be back or, you know, next time it's going to work out differently. And you go, God, that was just the first of one step, even though it feels like such an accomplishment and such a, a reaching of a peak on the other end. Um, Devere talked about this a bit uh, differently in our, in our third episode when he said it takes 10 years to become an overnight success, which I really I like that quote, but it's really, really true. And at first, I think this seems almost daunting and exhausting if you're looking at it from that 16, 17-year-old vantage where you go, oh my God, there's so much more for me to do. Ugh. But I do wonder if that it can also become a bit invigorating as you realize that that anxiety-drenched rung I'm currently climbing will seem like so much small stuff in the vast scope of my career. Your path will be your path. And when taken together, everything, of course, will matter, right? You need all of those rungs of sweaty climbing to make the kinetic energy of your coaster go. But when you're looking back, a few slips and footfalls gone not exactly right will just end up being part of your journey. And each one won't have so much effect on the momentum of your career if you're able to keep sustainably going. What's so important is not getting tripped up or felled by the small things, which at the time feel like huge things, whether that's not exactly getting into the school you dreamed you'd get into, or maybe it's not booking that lead senior year of college, or not getting the agent you dreamed right out of showcase, or not booking that first big Broadway show that you know you're just right for. 
It is a long journey with inevitable ups and downs, and it only truly stops when you decide to get off the ride. Well, if you enjoyed the ride of this episode, uh uh-oh, it's 2023 and the great segues are back. Make sure you're subscribed to us wherever you choose to listen and give us a rating and review anywhere you can think of it. I'll take Apple, Spotify, Google, the Yellow Pages, wherever they will take a review. You can also follow us on the Instagrams at Mapping the College Audition and check out MTCA for help with your individual college prep at mtca.nyc or via the many socials media in our show notes. To my young artists out there mapping their journeys, imagine being the agent of the actor who plays Estelle on Friends. What would you think? We'll see you next week. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.